by Gods and Kings takes place in the world of Dunai and is based on the tabletop RPG. For more information on the tabletop RPG or for more information on the world of Dunai, please visit our website www.bygodsandkings.com Chapter 12 In the Wake of Her Carnage The citizens of Daroke were scrambling through the city, trying to sift through the wreckage of their temple as well as a few other buildings. Massive vines constricted many of the wooden structures with the tenants of the buildings still inside. Priests of Searia flocked around the temple trying to save their contemporaries while the townsfolk were trying to save the artisans and merchants in their shops. The gangplank dropped and Vitrialis stepped off the ship with her staff already in hand. She turned back and waited at the boat, projecting a few small, green rays at the hull of the ship to convert it back to what it was in Rustos. She paused briefly and reached into her satchel, pulling out a large bag of coin and tossing it up to the captain on his ship. He opened it up and examined the contents, opening his eyes in surprise at the amount she threw him. I told you I would pay you handsomely. I am a woman of my word, she remarked. The captain placed the coin in his pocket and nodded. Thank you, high priest, he shouted. If you ever need a fairy again, please don't hesitate to come find me, especially if you want to transform my ship again, he shouted gleefully. Vitrialis turned without acknowledging him, immediately heading for the shouts and screams in Daroke. She pulled her cloak over her head and moved with great pace toward the first building, a blacksmith shop where the forge was still burning. The citizens of Daroke were trying to cut the vines, but they were remarkably thick, the size of mature tree trunks. Vitrialis stepped forward and swung her staff with the emerald stone moving toward the vines. A green ball flew rapidly through the air, making direct contact with the vine. Come on, she muttered, hoping the vine would wither away. Seconds passed without much progress. Drusilla's power was exponentially stronger than Vertrialis's, though this was the high priest's first chance to test herself. Frustration built as the vines held. Vertrialis gripped the staff firmer and swung it again at the vines, this time more violently. A green ball pulsated from the top of the staff and flew through the air, hitting the same spot on the vine as the first. Brown bits of the vine came off of the green ends, fading away like ash from an ember pit. Vitrialis held her stance with her staff out and watched as the vine faded away, starting at the source of the impact and working its way to both ends. The citizens turned as the blacksmith was able to make his way out, still safe and without any wounds. They all stared at the high priest as she held the staff still, eyeing her handiwork. She gripped the staff and peered out of the corner of her eye at the neighboring structure, Vines covered it just as it did the forge, and with one motion, she swung her staff at the building with the same intensity. A vibrant, green ball emerged from the emerald stone and flew rapidly through the air, hitting the vine at the tip of the roof. Vertrialis held her stance as the vine dissipated into the air, withering away and allowing the people to leave. The blacksmith in the first building approached Vertrialis as she shifted her attention to a few of the other buildings. Thank you for saving me, but... Please don't thank me until I'm finished fixing this, retorted Vertrialis harshly. I don't know what you all did to upset Drusilla, but I will help make this right. The blacksmith fumed after being interrupted by Vertrialis. I wasn't showing my gratitude, wench, he countered rudely. Vertrialis turned toward the blacksmith and away from the other buildings that required her attention. I'm trying to help you, said Vertrialis. I'm trying to save the people in this village. They don't need your saving, high priest, continued the blacksmith. You need to get back on the ship you came in and never come back here. Vertrialis paused and lowered the bottom of her staff to the ground. She locked eyes with the blacksmith as he tensed up. He clenched his fist tightly as the people around him started to walk toward her. Tell me something, blacksmith. Why did Drusilla do this to your village? Inquired Vertrialis cautiously. The blacksmith breathed heavily while a smile crept over his face. She was headed to the grove, and we couldn't allow that, he said slowly. We couldn't allow her to go in and defile our master's chamber. We couldn't allow her to... Stop, interrupted Vertrialis. Did she go into the grove Astralius? The blacksmith seethed loudly. Yes, but we will cleanse her ilk from our sanctuary in time. 
Vertrialis held her stance in front of the blacksmith. She is here to do that, shouted a voice from behind Vertrialis. She is here to remove the god touched from your sanctuary and bring her to justice in front of her god. The high priest stepped to the side to see the abbot of the temple of Sieria approaching. The older woman with gray hair and dusty robes stepped up in between Vertrialis and the approaching mob. She will do the job for you. The blacksmith seethed as the mob all walked up behind him and halted. And if she can't, he asked sternly, then the order of Sayaria will go in after her to cleanse your sanctuary. I give you my word, continued the abbot. Now, high priest, will you follow me to our temple? I could use your assistance in removing the vines that your ally decided to level upon my reading chambers. Vitrialis chuckled and turned toward the abbot. Of course, I'll be happy to remove the vines for you, replied the high priest. The two ladies walked away from the mob and toward the temple that sat on the edge of the shore. Vines covered the bulk of the structure, but with a wave of her staff, Vertrialis removed them fairly quickly and without much effort. The abbot stood back and watched Vertrialis work, nodding in approval at her power. Thank you, high priest, but I thought you were a man, she stated with a wry grin. Vertrialis smirked. I was the abbot of Telerophel up until a few days ago when Drusilla Whisperleaf murdered the high priest. The abbot's eyes lit up in surprise. A god touched is stronger than a high priest. Vertrialis smiled and shrugged her shoulders gently. Tandrick was not as strong as Drusilla, but she is not my enemy, just as you are not mine. The abbot nodded. I'm glad you and I have an understanding then. Sayeria has never had an open conflict with Fowlers, and I don't intend on having one now. What's going on in this village? Something doesn't seem right with how the villagers responded to my abilities, inquired Vertrialis. The abbot exhaled and smirked. You're quite right that something is amiss in this village. Many centuries ago, the Brovastralius was changed for the worse. It was attacked by an unseen yet familiar force. I'm familiar with the god touch to remove the essence from the creatures of the forest, interrupted Vertrialis. But are you aware of what happened next? inquired the abbot. Vertrialis shifted her eyes slightly. The abbot smirked, knowing she was getting one over on Vertrialis. Normally, when an essence leaves the body, the being dies. They are allowed to head to the halls of Vesia where they will await judgment. The creatures of the deities are no different, except their essence is sent straight to the deity to be consumed or used for whatever purpose they see fit. However, because the essence was ripped from their bodies unnaturally, the husks of these creatures were left to dwell. Vitrialis's eyes closed slowly as she tried to absorb what the abbot was explaining. Something strange happened a few weeks later, continued the abbot. The creatures began to stir, and then they began to walk. How is that possible? questioned Vitrialis. The abbot shook her head solemnly. There are only theories, but I can tell you. I have seen these creatures. They exist, but the more frightening are the former servants of Phalaris who walk again. Vitrialis laughed harshly. The dead are walking. Did some of Dahar's priests decide to have a little fun? It's not Dahar, at least I don't believe it is, countered the abbot. You see, if they were simply corpses, then yes, Dahar and her magic could reincarnate them, but it is not. Their eyes don't glow yellow or gold, they glow black. She paused briefly. They're as black as night, and I don't understand why. Vertrialis scoffed softly. If it's not Dahar, then what could it be? She asked rhetorically. I know there's some strange cult that lives somewhere in the grove. You don't think they have something to do with it? inquired Vertrialis. The abbot stood still and locked her eyes on the high priest. Everyone in this village, with the exception of myself and the priests with me, belonged to that cult. Impossible that the cult would have anything to do with any magic in the grove. They worship people who have never set foot in Dunai, stated Vitrialis defiantly. They are a group of misguided miscreants and misfits who do not fit in with our society. I do not argue with that logic, but I will say that they are not to be trifled with, warned the abbot. The abbot pointed to the staff in Vitrialis's hand. I have a theory that something like that is involved, she began slowly. I think someone in the cult got their hands on something they should not have, a magical or enchanted item if you will. 
I think they're using that to put a spell on the forest and revitalize the husks. What makes you think that? questioned Virtrialis. The abbot smiled. Because Dunai is littered with magical and enchanted items. The city of Tirdret to our north is filled with them. It would not surprise me in the slightest if some bandit hundreds of years ago made out with a relic, having no idea how it operated, and set it off in the Grove Astralius. Virtrialis smiled and tried her best to hold back a vibrant laugh. I know it sounds quite far-fetched, but give it some thought. It's feasible. Thieves steal things from Tearjet quite frequently, though rarely out of the magical vault. The abbot paused while Virtrialis tried to absorb all of the information. That woman who attacked the village, she has been here before. She knew what was in the Grove Astralius and how it was impossible to get in. Virtrialis turned abruptly toward the abbot and furled her brow. She knew? Of course she did, and every time she has entered the village, she's been sent away by the villagers, answered the abbot. That's why this time, when she attacked, we knew something was different about her. Other than her cold, emerald eyes, that is. She's been through a lot, and I need to go get her and take her to Fowler's before she meets her end from Vessius Champion, explained Virtrialis. I have to go get her. The abbot bowed her head slowly. I understand. I've heard the wrath of Ebelis Mertrand is not something that the god touched like to discuss. And I'd like to help her repair her scales before she is forced to meet him, continued Virtrialis. Can you get me into the Grove Astralius so that I may help her? The abbot looked up and nodded. Yes, but you must make haste. The villagers will all head into the grove at nightfall. Virtrialis took in a breath of the cool air. Then I suppose there is not a moment to lose. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.